What's up, champs? Welcome to another installment of the Short Shifts Fantasy Hockey Podcast, brought to you today by Keeping Carlson. I am your host, Ben Burnett. Joining me, as always, my pal and yours, the talented Mr. E, Louis Ezekiel. Louis, my friend, how you doing on this wonderful Thursday evening? Doing very well. Uh, yeah, uh, brought to you today and every day by Keeping Carlson, our wonderful sponsors. <laughs> I'm I'm doing this new thing, Lewis, uh, where I just make up make it up as I'm going rather yeah. than like developing any sort of routine. Uh, I think it's my my general con- my general contrarianism. After I think I heard. I think Elon, like a few weeks ago, was like, I don't want to have a whole thing like Ben does where he like does all of his, he goes through it all. And I, in that moment was like, I don't do that. And uh, in my head now, I'm, I'm somebody who, uh, I, you know, my brain is just like, now I can't do that ever again. Well, I've been reading the outro for so long. I think I'm, I'm really going to freak people out when I break tendency one of these days and just read a wild outro at some point. But for now, I'm going to keep lulling them into a false sense of security. But listen, we have a ton of news that we got Too into much. here today. Yeah, you're right. You're you right. want to, uh, you want to get us started? I do. And we're going to start in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Uh, good news on the Chris Letang front. Just 10 days after suffering a stroke. Latang was back on the ice skating in a regular jersey as a full participant in practice today. Uh, he has not yet been cleared for game action, but the team's doctor vocalized what the rest of us are all thinking, which is he always surprises us with how well he heals. We don't think this is accelerated in any way, which sounds pretty promising. Um, however, Latang and the team doctor both said that they weren't planning to rush anything. Uh, it's not clear when he'll actually get back into the lineup. But when I checked Yahoo earlier today, Latang was rostered in just 79% of Yahoo leagues. Uh, that number should probably tick back up into the 90% range, um, given as I was doing prep for the show, I learned that Freddie Anderson, for example, is 92% rostered. Uh, which means to me, if you are in a league where Freddie Anderson is, is in somebody's IR. Chris Letang should definitely be in uh, your IR. Uh, so, yeah, very exciting to hear about somebody who could be a game changer for your squad when he returns to full health. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, good to see him getting back out there and doing what he loves. Outstanding. Um, we're going to head to another defenseman, this time in Vegas. We received word on Wednesday that Alex Petrangelo's absence from the Golden Knights uh, which is now up to four games, uh, was related to an illness in the family and that he will be out indefinitely. Uh, we joked a little bit about uh, showing excessive concern over players out with injury last show, uh, but we are sincerely hoping for everything to turn out positively for the Petrangelos. Uh, in the fantasy world, uh, the main beneficiary of AP's absence is Shea Theodore, uh, who scored five points in the four games Petrangelo has been gone, uh, pending later results. Uh, posting greater than 64% power play time on ice in all of those games and over 80% in three of four. So obviously, they're really leaning on him hard uh, to fill that power play quarterback position. Uh, Theodore is already widely rostered at 97% on Yahoo, uh, so it's unlikely there's anything actionable there in terms of adding him to your roster. Um, however, uh, Petrangelo owners, you know, I was looking around to see what sort of power play options were kind of out there. Uh, Rasmus Sandin has been uh, maybe an option to replace some of uh, Petrangelo's production. Uh, Sheldon Keefe said today that there's been no update on Morgan Riley. He's been training but hasn't put on skates yet. Uh, Sandine has been consistently filling that top power play. I wouldn't expect that to change. Um, so, you know, that's an option, I think, for 
folks. He's uh, in 27% of leagues. Um, Sandine is is on a roster. So he should be out there for, for quite a few people uh, who maybe are now seeing that that Petrangelo absence is going to be a little longer maybe than they expected. Yes, it's a huge bummer not having Alex Petrangelo just suddenly. Um, but obviously uh, something that we're going to have to deal with for a little while. And uh, I know I felt a little panicked uh, just at the the news on Wednesday. Um, It's hard not to get into uh, a mode of just like, oh, my God, if he's gone indefinitely, that could be forever. And uh, I'll just remind folks of like the um, the Artemi Panarin absence last year, where it's just turned out to be a few weeks. He came back. It was Artemi Panarin. Um, I, I wouldn't panic too much in terms of Alex Petrangelo because not because I, I know what's going on, but just because it's not usually the right play to to panic right away. Um, we do have one outry that is uh, very exciting in Florida. Uh, Captain Alex Barkov returns to the Thurs lineup Thursday, uh, celebrating the, our favorite day of the week. Uh, he had missed six games with pneumonia. Um, and unfortunately, as he returns, Anton Lundell and Spencer Knight are both out with a non-COVID illness. And I'll, I'll mention Knight again here in a second. Uh, but just to say that Barkov has struggled this year. He's pacing for just 78 points after finishing well above a point per game pace the last two years. I think he'll be okay. Uh, at, you know, I think he'll get back at some point this season, despite the slow start. I think the question coming back from pneumonia is just whether he'll need a few games to get back up to speed, um, you know, get that lung function, lung capacity back up. Um, as we talk about this, the Panthers have three goals, and uh, Barkov does have a primary assist on an A2 Lusterinen goal tonight. So, yeah, hopefully uh, hopefully he continues to, to look pretty good. Uh, if he does, you know, have a bit of a slow return, though, I do think that is the moment that you – you check in on frustrated Barkov owners, you know, who were probably sick of him before the injury or before the sickness. And then he kept on being out all last week. It was very frustrating. And then for him to come back and start slow, I think might be a good buying opportunity. Um, I did mention Spencer Knight a second ago, and I, I'll just say uh, unclear if he'll miss more than tonight's game. But Sergei Bobrovsky does get a chance to make things right with a start against Detroit tonight. And uh, not to give the short shift mid-game curse, but uh, he's looking uh, pretty good so far. Uh, shut it. Halfway through the second. Yeah, you know, Detroit has not been able to, to put together a whole lot, and clearly Florida is coming out very strong. Uh, you know, maybe a bit of a, of a nice bonus for him to be able to come back the same game that Barkov returns. It seemed pretty likely that uh, Bobrovsky was going to start this game one way or the other after Knight was pulled from the previous game. Uh, and, you know, this may be an opportunity for him to seize back that starter's role. Obviously, that contract means that, um, you know, he's he's going to get a lot of shots at it. We should never really count him out of that race uh, for the top goalie job, despite uh, Spencer Knight's success so far this season. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. We'll definitely have our eye on it over uh, the coming weeks here. Um, but yeah, nice opportunity, I think, for um, Bobrovsky maybe to, to take over some more of that time. Uh, we got to get to a segment that is just becoming kind of standard every couple weeks here, and that is the checking in on Tage Thompson going crazy on some team. 
Uh, Tage went nuclear against the Blue Jackets. Uh, he scored five goals on nine shots, along with an assist in just 13 minutes and 54 seconds of ice time. Uh, that is some serious efficiency. He has already reached 40 points on the young season and is right in the Jason Robertson goal scoring zone uh, after adding five, count them five, uh, the other night. Uh, he and his colleagues are widely owned, but Buffalo obviously is a great source of offense right now. Just a sample of some of the bonkers streaks going on in Buffalo right now. Tage has 18 points over the last eight games. Uh, Skinner with 13 points in that stretch. Dylan Cousins with 15 points there. Uh, Alex Tuck with 12 points and Rasmus Dahlin with 12 points. All of those over the course of those eight games. Just, you know, unbelievable production. Uh, only Dylan Cousins from that group is available in more than 40% of leagues. Um, but I might get in there and grab him if you haven't yet. He's not on that top line, but he has been excellent on power play one and lining up with rookies J.J. Paterka and Jack Quinn, uh, who also might be uh, have some value for folks in deeper leagues. So uh, just some Buffalo players to keep an eye on. Obviously, we can't expect that level of production every game, but it does seem like every week or two, we just have one of these offensive explosions. This one, of course, came uh, at the uh, at the expense uh, of the Columbus Blue Jackets goalies. Uh, and we are pouring one out for you here on the show. If you were one of the people who, on a not-so-busy night, uh, had the tandem and decided, hey, I'll toss them both up just in case one gets pulled. Uh, yikes. Tough, uh, tough look, obviously, uh, for those folks. And we, uh, we feel your pain. Yeah, we're, we're they're definitely immersed licking their wounds uh, right now. <laughs> That's absolutely right. Uh, they are feeling corpus sorrow for themselves. <laughs> exactly. Uh, all right, one more, uh, one more injury, I guess, injury update to get to tonight, and that is in uh, in Carolina, where Frederick Anderson returned to the ice for practice with the Canes on Thursday. Uh, still no timetable for his return. He told reporters today he's having trouble with his knee. That requires a lot of rest. And when I hear that, it, it just feels like the type of injury where a return to game action doesn't necessarily isn't preluded by a return to practice. Because I, I think what we'll see is or, or what we are looking for now is the body's response to this workout. Um, because either he will. I, I feel like we see a lot with knee injuries, the type of thing of people are day to day until we they try to practice after two, three days, and that makes it worse. So I'm, I'm hopeful for Freddie, but I, I do know that we've seen this a lot from him the past few years. Uh, he remains 92% rostered on Yahoo, as I mentioned. So likely there's nothing, you're not going to rush out and grab him just because he returned to practice today because he's, he's not going to be on your waiver wire. But I did want to take this opportunity to talk about Peter Kochetkov, who is coming off a rare mediocre evening for him on Tuesday. He's otherwise been quite solid, and the Canes have pointed in nine of his 10 starts so far uh, into the season. He's got a 60% quality start rate and really hasn't had a, a bad blow-up game. His worst start was giving up four goals on 27 shots back in late November. Uh, so Kachikov, to me, is someone to to keep watching. I, I just see him on the transaction trends on Yahoo all the time. He just seems to keep on rising in his uh, his ownership rate. He leapfrogged Antti Ranta for the starter's job once Branderson went out. And if signs continue to point to Freddie coming back, I think that Kachikov is still a hold. Uh, for me, as long as his play continues to be, you know, the 919 that we've seen so far until we see the Canes actually send him back down. Um, I think he's, he's somebody that you want to be holding on to. 
one other note for Carolina, uh, Sebastian Ajo, a game time decision tomorrow, missed Kane's practice uh, on Thursday. And uh, Rod Brindamore said that if he doesn't return to practice on Friday, he will not play. So keep your eye tuned to twitter.com slash game day news NHL. We're going to take a very quick break. When we come back, we have a couple of players in Montreal and Calgary who just need a talking to. You're listening to Short Shifts. Welcome back to Short Shifts. Lewis in particular, welcome back. Uh, We are moving on into the second half of our show. And uh, we have to start by talking about the St. Louis Blues. We have to, Lewis. It's a rule. Yes. Uh, so we we spent some time uh, on the show that came out Wednesday morning uh, discussing this disastrous streak that Jordan Bennington's been on. Uh, so uh, Thomas Grice gets the start uh, here on Thursday as we record. Uh, he's got a three-game winning streak in games that he has started. Um, although it is worth noting, and this came up on the Discord too, although I did write it in my notes independently, so it was a great mind situation. Grace doesn't have a quality start in this winning streak. He only has two total out of eight starts. Uh, so like I said last show, I don't necessarily love him as a potential ad, but, you know, Ben mentioned he could be quality uh, in terms of volume. You know, he doesn't have a ton of quality starts, but uh, he doesn't have a really bad start either. That would be a start where he has under 850 save percentage. Doesn't have one this season. So it seems like he's going to give you a more sort of moderate performance as opposed to the extreme highs and lows of Jordan Bennington's season thus far. Um, you know, we talked previously about how uh, Coach Barubi was not super pleased with Bennington and his antics. Uh, and, you know, it makes sense that, that Grice would get this start, you know, uh, the coach just sort of brought up the fact that he, he's been more successful. The team's been able to win games when he's in there. So, uh, that's where we are at. Um, so yeah, I, I like him okay as a short term volume guy. I don't think he's going to, you know, stop as many pucks as you would like if you're going for goals against average or save percentage. Eh, maybe look elsewhere. Um, but yeah, he's going to have some options. And as long as we're talking some short-term value, I have to give credit to this week's cuckupful tier one Sweden opponent, Ryan, uh, for his ludicrous stream of 0% owned Josh Levo, uh, who was elevated to the Ryan O'Reilly and Shen line in the Blues game against the Islanders, scored his first goal of the season to go with an assist on five shots. Uh, just a ton of outstanding production from a 0% owned guy. Uh, cool to see it happen. Wish it wasn't against me, but hey, that's how it goes. Um, he got second power play time as well. And this was a guy who was, as Dave Betton of the Stream Scheme would say, do, D-U-E, with no goals on 36 shots before that game. Uh, not a guy that I'd be running out to grab if it cost me a reliable player, uh, but certainly an interesting option for those deep leagues where the waiver wire is picked clean. At least as long as he is getting this deployment on that top-ish uh, line. I suppose you would probably say the, the Rob Tom line uh, is number one, but uh, getting some good minutes there for sure. Yeah, it's one of those teams where I feel like the second line by whatever the line rushes is the scoring line. So not, yeah, not necessarily the the typical way to refer to uh, to a fantasy relevant line. Lewis, we are uh, we are moving right along. I'm going to take us to uh, Montreal next, uh, where I want to mention Kirby Doc, who has gone ice cold the last eight games, just three points, all assists. 
which has been extremely frustrating, uh, especially after he went pointless on Monday against Vancouver. While his teammates racked up six goals, I was uh, I was fuming. I'll be honest with you, Lewis. And uh, thanks to this cold stretch, Doc now has 19 points in 26 games, which puts him at a 60-point pace. And when I saw that number, I kind of took a breath and was like, all right, Honestly, a pretty nice breakout for someone who is going undrafted in most leagues. Um, hopes were just so high three weeks ago before he went cold that I, I just am bummed out. I think that I, I missed my opportunity to sell high. Um, yeah, I just, uh, if you're in tier two San Jose, uh, of the cupful, hit me up if you, uh, if you want to take the, take a role on Kirby Doc, who, I mean, a few good signs for him. His ice time has not faltered at all through this cold streak. He's maintaining line one power play one deployment. He's still playing 18 to 21 minutes nearly every night with Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki. There are much worse spots to be. Uh, both of those players are still scoring. Suzuki's been very hot. Caulfield's just not been getting in on these goals lately. His IPP is a little low. So, you know, the, 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 I think it still evens out based on the fact that the, the lines on ice shooting percentage is just ridiculous still. That's still taking some time to regress, but generally we're seeing a regression to a more sustainable pace. So I think 60 points for Doc is honestly pretty good, even if he is putting up or, or getting 20 minutes a night because he's still only shooting one and a half times per game. Uh, he, it just might be a role thing. We do know of players who put up 60 points, even with great deployment. Uh, they just happen to be on teams where, or, you know, just in a situation where they're not shooting enough to, to really sustain higher. So I think, uh, it's a bummer. I, I feel, I feel the pain here because he's stuck on my roster in a deep league because he's not performing well enough to keep. But because of his deployment, he feels too good to drop. It's, uh, the worst game of limbo that I can imagine. It is. It's that danger zone in between, uh, being, you know, having the deployment, but not producing with it, uh, that you get stuck in sometimes. And it can be painful if you miss out on an exciting player that you want to grab because you're unwilling to drop this guy. But sometimes it pays off and they'll find their groove again and take advantage of those minutes that they have available. Um, I've got a hot streak and a cold streak to bring us home here. Uh, the hot streak is for Rasmus Anderson. Uh, he has had six points over the last five games. I think we can definitively say we are very, very clear if we weren't already about who the power play QB is in Calgary. Uh, he's definitely been a beneficiary of Nazem Kadri's uh, return to success. You know, Kadri had been cold for, for something like six or seven games in a row with no points, but he has five points in his last three games. So he's definitely uh, getting back to, to hitting, uh, you know, sort of what we expect to see from him. Uh, so Anderson with six points over those five, he's got three on the power play and perifs have been decent as well. 11 shots and 12 blocks over that time. Uh, you probably did not draft Rasmus Anderson to be a hitter. So no big surprise uh, to see those hit numbers are quite low. Um, you know, again, like some of my other, uh, folks I've mentioned here, maybe not a lot to do with that information as, uh, Anderson is widely owned, but something to keep in mind, you know, as we head into drafts next year, I think his draft position fell quite a bit because we weren't a hundred percent sure that he was going to be the guy. But I think, uh, the, the way this season has started and what he's shown us, I think we, we can be pretty confident he will be the guy heading forward until something significant changes. Uh, the last guy I want to talk about is on a bit of a cold streak. 
Uh, and that is Nick Schmaltz in Arizona. He was preparing to return a couple weeks ago. Ben said he thought Schmaltz would be a great under-the-radar ad, and he was absolutely right. So credit where it's due. Uh, Schmaltz busted out in his return with three goals and an assist in his first four games back, averaging nearly four shots a game. Uh, but in the four games since he's cooled way off, recording no points and just one and a quarter shots per game, uh, he's still seeing line one, power play one deployment. Uh, and I wonder if if some of these troubles maybe are the result of the Coyotes kind of being worn down by this extended away game slate that they have endured. It is finally wrapped up and they will host Boston at home on Friday. Uh, a potentially more concerning explanation that sometimes accompanies a player seeing their shots suddenly fall off a cliff is injury. Uh, I don't want to speculate. I have no indication that this is the case, but just something that I'm sort of keeping my ear to the ground about. Uh, I definitely would not be quick to move on from Schmaltz. He's really shown the ability to drive offense. Uh, even on a poor team, he's been getting pre- prime deployment. Uh, I would definitely say he is a hold at least through Tuesday's game versus the Sharks. Uh, if he remains unproductive against Boston and then he's got some some weaker teams in Philadelphia and San Jose, then he might be worth uh, revisiting next week on short shifts as a potential snoozer. Um, but I would certainly not be be making any move yet. You know, uh, four games off. I think just because of the sort of limited number of games that he's played on the season, uh, it's an outsized level of concern. You know, how often do you hear it from, from, uh, Ben and Elon or Brian and Elon, I should say? Um, you know, a player goes cold for a few games, uh, when they haven't played many and you say, well, if it was the middle of the season, you probably wouldn't mention it. Um, but because it's, you know, the small sample size of games so far, it sort of stands out. So, uh, that's, that's sort of where I'm looking with, with Schmaltz right now. This is, I, I caught a glimpse of myself on the Twitch stream, twitch.tv slash keeping Carlson shameless plug moment. Um, and, uh, I, I, I realized it was the moment that I, I realized that both cold streak players are on my cupful team. Uh, and it's just depressing to hear, Lewis. I, I'm sad, but hey, that's a, it's a long season and I'm ready for the bounce back already. If it makes you feel any better, I have a feeling the Sunday show is going to be talking about some hot streaks for players like uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois, for instance, who are just uh, crushing me this week. So uh, if you are uh, have the, the cold players on your team, I'm up against the hot players. Uh, that's just kind of the way it goes here. Someday we'll meet in the middle. Uh, Lewis, that is all the time that we have for tonight's shift. Uh, thank you for hanging out with me. I guess it's all the time we have for this week shift, and that makes me sad, but we'll be back next week bringing you the premium uh, midweek fantasy hockey content, that cheeky, cheeky uh, midweeky fantasy hockey content. Lewis, lovely to hang out with you. I'll see you on Tuesday. Yes, thanks so much, everybody who came and joined us on the feed uh, that Ben was just plugging uh, and for listening to us uh, just on your podcast app. Uh, if you're on Twitter, please be sure to give us a follow at Short Shifts KK. We're answering lots of questions there. Uh, Brian and Elon are at Keeping Carlson. Dave Betton of the Stream Scheme at NHL Stream Scheme. Also recommend you follow at Game Day Lines, at Game Day Goalies, and at Game Day News NHL. All organized so nicely at GameDayLineTweets.com. Uh, please visit that site and the other sites we use to research our episodes with at Yahoo, Frozen Tools, and Natural Stat Trick. Our intro and outro music was created by Pat Roach. John Reed is our digital media producer. And until we see you next time, play smart and keep your shifts short. Short.